I think we might be live. Oh, we look live. Hello, hello. Hello, Matthew. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and uh, leaving Adam and Stitch behind for now. You know, they're going to be on for another like six hours, so you don't have to worry about that too much. The strikes continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was So I was trying to figure out, a, you know, sometimes when you're titling stuff. So this one I actually didn't get from ChatGPT, which sometimes I, I do that for uh, search optimization purposes. Um, right. It saves a lot of time. I talked about this a little bit last week, I think. Um, it saves a little bit of time on um, just trying to figure out all that stuff. Um, and then usually I'll do that, and then I'll edit it a little bit because uh, ChatGPT, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, you can put in, uh, write me a review for The Wheel of Time, and it'll write you something that funny enough man and and it's because it pulls from a lot of sources it sounds like some of the like the the like youtube reviewers who or like tiktok reviewers that are super just surface level with the stuff that they talk about you know oh right. i i really liked that you know they're shipping these two characters and i liked that but it's not well what about the story you know, what did you like about it? What what worked in it for you? Was there anything that didn't work in it for you? It's it's all that surface level like, hey guys, like welcome to the channel again, and we're gonna do a two minute review of four episodes of Wheel of Time, and you're like, oh, um, but man, some people like that stuff. They uh, hey. they eat it up. Nope. It works for some people. Mm -hmm. I just went live myself on TikTok for it. Sweet. Did you see that uh, new Godzilla trailer? Uh, yeah, well, they had. I haven't seen the new one. They put one out a little while ago. Um, it was a little teaser. Yeah, it looks great. Yep. Uh, I'm. I saw that and went, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, definitely watching that. Um, I'm like, come on, foreign films, because we've been getting we've been getting crap from uh, Hollywood. Man, I really, I just, I want. To, I was thinking about it because they announced season two of Arcane. Yes, which I really, really hope is good. I really need it to be good. Me too. Um, and it was just a reminder again of like, man, we have a lot of bad. TV and movies right now. I, I mean, just yeah, because that was our favorite TV show. It it is still one the of past few years. Yeah, that it, out. it would be hard. I'd have to really think about it. But Arcane has stuck in a way that a, a like a lot of other uh, television movies that sort of thing um, hasn't. Uh, there are a few, there are a few things over. You know, um, people kind of get hyperbolic. I think, hopefully, I'm using that right. But they get, they get like in their echo chambers when they talk about um, uh, media right now, where they're like, nothing is good. Oh, you know, it's like everything sucks. They haven't made a good movie since like 2010, and I'm like, oh, that's not true. You know, it's like 20, 2019 was actually a pretty good year for movies. Right. Um, and uh hello Jenna <laughs> um 
and there has been stuff that's been released that's that's been good. I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but people love uh, Better Call Saul, and that's been you know just ended recently. I'm I think um, so. It's been going on for yeah, the last like four good. or five years. It was a pretty good TV show. Uh, season six was a bit of a letdown for me hmm. personally. Okay. Um, and, you know, uh, Parasite is great. Uh, nineteen seventeen came out in twenty nineteen. That was great. Um, but David, if I remember correctly, uh, didn't you have a lot of complaints with a diverse cast of Eternals? And so, why did you like Parasite if you don't like diversity? <laughs> Uh, the lighthouse was great. That came out in 2019. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, I'm sure there's going to be uh, nothing for us to watch uh, eventually. And there's this Netflix movie. Um, it's called. Ooh, I don't want to get the name of it wrong because it's an African film. And I thought I'm like, this may be good for us to review, uh, but it looked pretty interesting. You know, it's going to have a bit of a, it's called, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. <laughs> it's called Jagun Jagun, and it's J-A-G-U-N twice. It's Jagun Jagun twice, but it's basically, it's a story about a young man um, who uh, is determined to become a, basically just wants to become an elite warrior and protect his family and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, cool. this may be a interesting movie to watch and review so yeah i'm down especially um, since it's you know i imagine it's gonna be you know something from africa i'm like this would be pretty cool like see what you know how they may it's like i think everything's actually filmed and shot in africa so you there yeah i'm here sorry uh, no you're fine just making sure i didn't cut out a young man determined to become a powerful warrior joins an elite army encountering the wrath of a maniacal warlord and the love of a fierce woman. <laughs> hey, it stars sounds, Femi cool. Ababeo <laughs> Adebayo. Sorry, excuse me. I, I know that I know that one. Femi Adebayo Latif Adedimehemehe Adelade Adegola. That's the best I got. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man, dude! Hey, listen, I can hardly pronounce words as it is. So. It's okay. I I have a, the same problem too. Um, well, before we get started, we've we've been all over the place with doing this. Um, we uh should talk about our value for value system and a that we have a producer for this episode. So if you'd like to, oh, who's the? Is it John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yes, our value for value system is a monetization model, but it even goes beyond that. It's basically what the value for value system means to us is you as the audience get to determine what you feel our content is worth. So, you know, you can donate in the form of your time, talent, and treasure based off of what you think the value is worth to you. And we think that it's worth, you know, um, considerable amount since you're here and being entertained by it, you know, but you get to determine what that is. If that's $1, $5, $500, $5,000, what have you. And so it's basically a way for us to 
have community engagement and grow with y'all and allow y'all to assist us in growing our platform. And that's why we have producers like John Burke, who is the producer for this episode, is that those credits, like producer credits, can be claimed on you know, IMDb, your resume, anywhere the credits are accepted, and we will vouch for you. And so basically the system we have set up is don't donations of $100 or less automatically make you a producer for the episode, corresponding episode, then donations of $100 or more, um, so I guess, yeah, $100 or more, allows you to be the associate executive producer, and then $200 and above, you get to be the executive producer of the corresponding episode. And this can all be uh, accumulative donations over time or lump sum, and we'll just do it on the honor system and uh, you just let us know. Obviously, right now, it's going to be pretty easy for us to know. But in the future, the goal is hopefully it gets extremely difficult for us to know. <laughs> Ain't that right, David? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get uh, Premiere Pro working. Um, no, you're fine. And it's, and being, the other ways it's that, being a pain. The other ways that you can donate to us is by your, as I said, your time and your talent. Talent meaning any edit, editing you want to do. Uh, if you come across an interesting movie or TV show you want to recommend to us or article that has to do with movies or TV shows or video games. Uh, you know, if you can do any artwork and you want to create a thumbnail for us, anything and everything uh, that you think would be beneficial helping us growing our platform, you get to become part of that. And this is something that we couldn't do without you and we're grateful for all of you who listen to us and always remember the best ways that you can help us should you so choose to do is by a donating because obviously that's why we're doing this b is going to be through sharing our podcast our social media um, those would be the the best two ways to do that and then c would be downloading um, our podcast episodes because that's pretty much the only metric we have in understanding how many listeners we have to our podcast specifically. Yeah, exactly. Um, good job. By the way, I had called uh, the title on TikTok um, of our review, Her Wars and Will of Time. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I try. Uh, Matthew, I love horror movies. Not everything. That's a that's a topic I think for another time because I'm pretty particular about the stuff that I like. Um, but yeah. Um, hello, Riza. Uh, we will be talking about Ahsoka, just not like we did last week. Um, there's not there's not much to talk about. You can sum you there's can sum up the thirty it. minute episodes thirty minute episode in about two minutes. Yeah. Um, hello, Jake D. It's good to see you. Um, I do... Hello, hello, everyone in the troll room. Okay, I gotta close. You do what? I'm gonna close Adobe real quick, because for some reason... It's not working uh, for you. Yeah, you know, technical difficulties. This happens when you do stuff live. Yeah, I'll just continue talking about value for value while <laughs> well, you do that. Well, here's the thing. I want to know what you... Because I have a few things written down. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like to call this stuff house cleaning, um, just cause it's, it's small, it's stuff that I don't want to talk about for like a long time. Um, so 
give me a number between one, two, three, four, between one and four. And that'll be the determination of which topic we start with. Five, actually. Three. One through five. Three. three. Um, uh, I want to know how you feel about all the drama with Oliver Anthony. The uh, overnight success Sensation. of uh, this, this musician who um, I think is actually quite good. Um, and I wrote, this was the note that I wrote. I said, Oliver Anthony and the odd responses uh, from leftists, Christians, and other um, and others. And I put, try and find tweets, but I never did that. So I'm just kind of curious about how, how you feel about it. We don't have to talk about it for, for long. Um, I think he's good stuff. I'm personally, you know, I never expected him to be liberal or conservative. I know there are a bunch of Obviously, liberals are mad at him uh, for their reasons, and then specifically, some conservatives are mad at him because they're not that he's not Republican. And it's kind of like, did you listen to the song? He's calling out everyone within, you know, the rich men north of Richmond. That's not just Democrats, right? Uh, and so, you know, I kind of. I haven't paid that much attention to him other than his songs and some things here and there, but I don't really have a problem with him. I think he's pretty all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you feel about, uh, was it Christianity today? That, uh, that Christianity yesterday. That's what I call it. Um, just, and it wasn't just them. There were so many people, I think that, and funny enough, it's one of the things that from our side of just breaking down media, uh, we see a lot where people read into something that isn't there. They don't, they, mm-hmm. there's a couple things they don't do. They don't take what's there at face value and they want to in, take it and interpret it into something that it isn't without any They're sort looking of for subtext without subtext being there. Yeah, exactly. And this, this happens a lot, right? I mean, um, I, I think what it is. Basically kind of how the same way people viewed Barbie. Yeah, where they were reading like way, way too much into it. I yeah. mean, and, and and there's the, here's the way that you have to, I, I think if you're being, um, we could call it objective about, say like reviewing Barbie. Um, if you're going to make a claim like, uh, you know, you hear you heard a lot from uh, people that, oh, Barbie's woke. And it's like, okay, what do you mean? And where, what are you getting that from? And if someone is able to be like, well, here's Greta Gerwig talking about the movie and what she's try- trying to accomplish with it. Here are a, num- you know, a number of scenes from the movie that I think back this point up. Then you're just like, oh, cool, we can have an argument about it. But if it's one right. of those things where it's just like, well, this is stupid and, and woke and I hate it. And, and you're like, okay, well, why? And it's like, well, it just is. Did you, didn't you watch it? Like, and I'm saying that. That we get that from like every direction when we talk mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, one of my I was gonna mention this to you. One of my favorites right now that I think is probably a little less controversial is that every every day we get a comment about um our Witcher review and someone telling us that um if uh, Geralt had killed uh the Fire Mage the portal would have closed. Every day, dude, I'm responding and going, I know. no, that was Yen's portal. Every, I did it today. 
every single day. And I'm like, that's all I need to say. I'm like, I, I'm a bit. I'm like, I don't think it's his because he tried to close it, then Yin opened it back up and held it. it yeah. It, 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 if he had killed him, trust me, and, and, that, and, and, clip the, on, uh, that clip on TikTok almost has a million views for oh, us, yeah. oh, and yeah. uh, it's been like boom, ninety boom, boom, percent boom. of the comments and, are. Well, it was Reince's portal, like right. no, bro. If Reince, if it was Reince's, breaking his hands would have closed it anyway. Yeah. So I don't. What? Yeah, I know. It's very tiring. Um, like there's but a yeah, reason that. that he like Geralt had to get back through the portal quickly, and it wasn't because of Reince. It was because Yennefer was having arrows fired at her. Right. Like it's it's it's. Very clear, and and this is what we talk about a lot is like whether it's Oliver Anthony's music, and it like if you're gonna take the time to criticize someone like that and, and a song that he's putting out, it, absolutely do it, but do it in a way that I think the best way to do it is to take what you have, try to interpret it the best that you can and I would say as objectively as you can like okay what is he talking about right here like when he's talking like you had people who were coming out and saying oh it's about uh like slavery or like oh he wants to go back to like the like the south before the civil war and you're like where are you getting this (laughs) I I think the problem is and with with Oliver Anthony's new song is that people project onto him to have exactly the same views they have and he has slightly different views he's come across more i'm not saying he is libertarian but more libertarian or independent maybe that's even a better word to where he doesn't really care for either one because both parties have their you know have their dirty hands in the pot and so i uh, going back to christianity today though i actually read that article and to me and i want to be as fair to the author of that article as possible i think the issue with her was that or with her response and ideas is that she was not taking his song for face value and instead she projected her life experiences into his song specifically when he says talks about well welfare and we shouldn't pay for your pack of fudge rounds Um, and that's when she kind of went back to, well, when her being on EBT and feeling shame at the grocery store and Oh, that's right. And I'm like, that's not what he's talking about though. He's not saying it's wrong for people to be on welfare, which I, you know, I'm not saying you're saying it's wrong for people to be on welfare. I don't think welfare should, should exist at all personally. Um, then that goes for every single government, you know, the FBI, ATF. I mean, I'm a bit more radical in my approach. Um, I think that should strictly come from volunteerism and the church and stuff like that, like rather than through the government, because um, it's going to be more efficient that way. Anyway, I digress. Um, and so she was just projecting from her life experiences into that. So that's kind of where a lot of her response fell apart. I think there's other things to criticize the song for, but it's one of those things like that song has such a rawness and realness to it and his overall message is like, eh, I could criticize it, but what's the point? You know what I mean? He's speaking to, um, hey, you good? The screen's... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, we may not have, uh, 
the images for tonight because for whatever reason, um, it's not working for me. It's it is being an absolute pain in my side right now. What's up, Zach's? But yeah, so that's pretty much my take on on him. Cool. Okay. Uh, he's a guy. He's a new guy, new believer. Wrote a, a good song that spoke to the moment and time right now that a lot of people agree with. Whether he where he falls politically isn't for isn't really my concern. I just think I think it's entirely possible for him to feel the way he does and be a Democrat. You know what I mean? If that's the way. yeah, but I don't it, think it, that's the case. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think he is that um, at all. I think he's probably more independent or something. Sorry, y'all. I'm having issues tonight on the. Uh, What's my other? Of... Can I oh, guess okay. for another topic? Uh, yes. Uh, one, two, four, five. Five, right? Five. Um, the oh. SAG-AFTRA strike and residuals. You, uh, I think you either sent this to me on Twitter or text me and said thoughts, and I was like, I'm not writing this out. Oh yeah. So let me. Let me ask you that. Cause I asked you for your thoughts, so you're going to have to give me your thoughts. I'm pulling it up. So Aaron Paul says he doesn't make anything from Breaking Bad streaming on Netflix. Quote, that's insane to me. I think a lot of these streamers know that they have been getting away with not paying people a fair wage, and now it's time to pony up. Um. So... This got brought up on uh, Real BBC today, and the thing that I thought about with this and the idea behind residuals, and it, it's not a hundred percent the same, but I I think they kind of fall into this like a similar wheelhouse with this. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm aware, uh, syndication back in the day, uh, when you had a show that at the time it was I think five seasons. Uh, once you hit that, you had the opportunity to be syndicated. Uh, which essentially means you got reruns, which is how money would continue to flow in for a show like The Office, for instance. So um, you get paid based on the episodes that you're in, um, and a certain amount, I believe, depending upon which character you were, right? So like Steve Carell would have gotten paid significantly more than uh, like the guy that played Creed. Um, but right. they're they're going to get residuals... Uh, no matter what, as long as it's playing on television, a, a portion of that would go to them. Um, Breaking Bad is the same way. Um, I think there there are five or six seasons of that. Um, not to mention, from what I what I heard, uh, Aaron Paul made about nine point five million dollars, uh, for that show. Like he was getting paid pretty handsomely per episode for that. Um, I understand that that was sort of the thing that they did. Um, but here's where the problem comes up, and this is something that, you know, when we kind of talk about uh, economic illiteracy, this is kind of a very simple version uh, of of that. So let's say Netflix, for instance, works out a deal where they're going to pay uh, the cast of Breaking Bad a certain amount for every stream where is that money coming from and then what does that do to subscriptions that's where that leads to right. and then we're just talking about one show 
what happens when you start talking about I think Suits is the most watched show on Netflix right now. Um you know, they don't have it's the office. There. They don't have the office anymore, but like how how is that you know, a, a lot of money used to come from ads, like advertisements on television. That's where they were able to afford to do these kind of things. And so th- the reason I, I br- all of that being said, this is very similar to uh, the situation with Taylor Swift and how she's having to now re-record a big portion of her catalog because she didn't own the rights to the music. Yep. Um, she learned from that. Yeah, she um, actually tried to buy them herself. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking about that with my keeper this weekend. She tried to buy them herself, but the guy was like, no, and sold them to someone else. Uh, Yeah, and so she's re-recording. And to be honest, it is, it's it been... I, we talked about it on the show a little bit before. I, I have a little bit of respect for, for Taylor Swift because um, she's like a marketing genius. It's If it's not her, someone on her team very much understands... Uh, the world that they live in. Um, because a- as far as I'm concerned, every time you see a news article about something crazy with a Taylor Swift concert or something that's surrounding that, that's all advertisement for touring uh, music yep. sales, like the whole deal. Um, there was like one about uh, the the Taylor Swift concert got like so loud that it was causing, you know, earthquakes in the area. Um, I think they had one about like, uh, people wearing diapers to shows. Um, I know there were a few others that were going on at the time, but you see these articles getting generated pretty regularly. Um, if you're on social media at all, uh, you've probably run across celebrities who were hanging out at the shows, um, people talking about the experiences that they've had on like the front row with her and, and how nice she was to them. Um, just, I mean, it's it's oh, it's yeah. everywhere. And, and yeah. her team... She paid her... She paid, like, I know the truck drivers that worked with her for the entire tour, she gave them, like, a $100,000 bonus, and they were all talking about it, how it's going to help them afford the first house, pay off debt, yada, yada, yada. And she pays her team well. Like, uh, apparently a lot of the people who are with her now on this Eras tour, which is, to my understanding, the, like, number one grossing tour of all time, or it's up there. Uh, But... You know, she just pays them really well, and they've been with her since the very most of them from the very beginning. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so because of like, all, all that, that stuff goes a long way because yeah. then that endears people to her. All of that being said, um, television, movies. I, this is really more of a, a subject about television, um, but even movies to some degree can fall into this. Um, and you have everything going on with the strikes right now. Um, no one feels bad for these people. I mean, we're well, David, we're gonna we're I gonna think, talk. <laughs> go ahead. I th- let, let me interject here. Well, yeah. What I think is wrong for them to do is, to my understanding, there's a very serious new COVID variant going on right now. They're striking. They're gathering in large places with people, and I think it's more appropriate for them to go back to their homes, quarantine until it's completely eradicated. Um, and in the meantime, what they can do is they can just start applying for jobs, you know, uh, like work from home jobs. They can start learning the code and things like that to supplement their income. Right. Isn't yeah. that what they told us to do? Yeah. And then they can record more songs like imagine all, all the people and, and post <laughs> that. Um, like, that's the thing. It's hard for me. 
on one hand, on a human level, I'm like totally fine with employees wanting to unionize against their company to, for, for better working conditions and rights and pay and stuff like that. Yeah. On the other hand, it's hard for me to get the pine people who hate me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I one of the best ways that I heard it is it's like you're just when you talk about unions and these things, you're just picking your masters. Yep. Um, and you know maybe you get lucky and they they do actually treat you well based on the business that you're in, but. I don't know the stuff going on in Hollywood right now. Uh, you know they're on strike. Let's see. So I, I had written down the day that it started. So July thirteenth. It's now what September fifth. So we're we're close to two months. Um, so I guess when we, about the time we record next week, that'll be uh, the two month marker for this. Um, and you know, after watching Ahsoka and Wheel of Time, I'm just like, stay on strike. Especially when they're talking about how Dude. they were going to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, no. Thank, thank <laughs> the Lord this. for the strike. I, I, um, I'm going to try one more thing to get the visuals up here. Because I think Premiere Pro uh, is blocking it. on, Or there's some sort of like weird block with uh, the stream Streamlabs thing now. That wasn't mm. there last week. Which is weird. Because I never updated anything. Uh, so I don't I don't know why that's happening, but I have I have I have files um, of each of these, so I can probably pull these up and let's see if this works. I need to pause nice. it, and make sure that I'm, or like I need to make sure the audio is muted. No. Yeah, oh no, it's, it's not muted. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't hear anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can mute it. Uh, shoot, hang on. But yeah, We're no, try this it, again. that's the difficult thing to for me to get behind is getting behind all these actors and writers, people who have actively hated me, you know, over, especially last like three years, but over the years, you know? Yeah. Um, and when you start to show your hand, Hey, you get what you deserve because people are talking about how Barbie and Oppenheimer and the box office as a whole has had better numbers since like, these are the best numbers since 2019 or 2018 or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, but ticket prices have gone up. There's inflation and there's just not that good quality content coming out. And so uh, over time, when you're hating your fan base, blaming your fan base and producing bad content, that's going to have a negative effect. <laughs> uh, uh, Riza asked, should the Witcher writers even be allowed to strike? <laughs> 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 they should have just been let go, man. I mean, but it, yeah, that's the thing is like I okay so you get into uh, AFTRA right which is I think the writers portion of that um, and I know there's WGA your WAD yeah no WTA wider writers Seals number one on Netflix and I've said yeah um you're in a union and you're writing for The Witcher. I don't think they can just get rid of you for no reason. Like, I think even if you... That's what I'm... I, I, that's kind of my, my assumption right now. <clears throat> Someone can correct me on that, but... I I think part of that is you almost get this protectionism against just... So, like, I live in North Carolina, right? It's an at-work state. So, you can basically just be fired for any reason. Like, if you suck or... 
you know, there doesn't have to be just like a, you basically don't have to defend yourself about letting someone go, um, which has its upsides and its downsides. You know, I, I, I think I kind of fall in the camp of like, that's actually something that's pretty good in North Carolina. Um, and so you don't have to have some sort of like really good reason as to why you let someone go and worry about getting sued by someone because, um, you know, they were a prick and they're like, haha, I can still get away with like doing whatever I want because of that. Um, I know there are other kind of like, it's a, it's a kind of a gray area, I guess. Um, but you can't just like, I don't think you can just straight up fire a writer because their show sucked. Their show sucked. I think it might have, I assume there are contracts involved and maybe you are, are on for a certain number of time. And then, you know, that's something that uh, the union would help you, um, negotiate. Um, but I think the one thing that the writers and actors are right about is that the streaming companies should, and production companies, everyone should be required to show their numbers. Uh, yeah. And honestly, too, we know they're dishonest. Yeah, I guess with like, yeah, and maybe even that, that's one of those things that the and shareholders, the shareholders should be pushing for that. Yeah. Those are the people that maybe, uh, need pressure put on them. Like, Hey, shareholders, it's time to really start holding like all these companies accountable for, you know, it's like, what's going on with Amazon? Why, why is Amazon, um, dumping all this money into stuff and getting really bad press, um, for rings of power. Yeah. And then they're like doing all this shady stuff and there really isn't any accountability that's being held for that. Um, they're, you know, we, there were all these stories about them deleting reviews for rings of power and, and it just makes you think like, Huh? Oh, your review, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been sitting at like three and a half stars. I posted it back. I was like, ha ha, suckers. <laughs> I copied it to my Word document so I could do this. I, um, but yeah, I assume that it's still, uh, <sighs> sorry. Um, I, I assume that it was that way with more than just the one, uh, Show. Yeah, show. it's all of them. It's more than just Amazon Prime. It's Amazon Prime, HBO, Hulu, or Disney. Disney owns Hulu. Um, you know, it's the Hollywood production companies, you know, Netflix as well. It's all of them. They're all lying about their numbers because when a show does really well, guess what? They don't lie about their numbers. Yeah, so, absolutely. All right. Can we please talk about Starfield? Yeah, that was actually on here. Um, so I had the yeah, that wasn't the the number one on the list. It was uh, Starfield. What are the other two you want to talk about? And then um, we'll about save Starfield. we'll save Rebel Moon for another day. Um, okay, good. I that was on there, and so the first number one is I put as drama, because um, I I you know something I thought we should probably talk about and cover, and then I also put the Ripa drama in here because um, I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff going on with him and this guy Vito who is like. Give us a quick summary real fast. We'll talk about the Eric one and then the Az. Okay. Uh, quick summary. Uh, there's a lot going on with this. Uh, someone, and uh, he's had, you know, Eric is very um, confrontational. Uh, no. And, <laughs> and he, uh, there have been people who have, I, I honestly think have been uh, 
bad critics of his work. Um, yes. Just very We've disingenuous. About them before. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I've said is that it, his work is definitely not above criticism, and people shouldn't be afraid to criticize. Um, but it's also a situation of like, do it in a way that's like, like even if you don't like the guy, right? And you're gonna maybe you are gonna be a little bit harsher on his work than some other people are. It happens. People kind of find the critics that they like, um, and they talk about this stuff. Well, one of these guys, his name's Vito, um, and he's got a partner to. Uh, I know Jenna knows who it is. Um, yeah, Jenna's best friends with him, and uh, they. You know, they're just, they're kind of internet trolls. It is what it is. Um, but Vito has had some, let's just call them uh, colorful tweets uh, about, um, <laughs> trying to think of the acronym so I don't say this on YouTube. Um, Jeez Pizza? Uh, not the, the, not exactly, but in that realm. Okay. Uh, the the uh, what you would typically call someone who engages in such behavior, likes such things, yes, yeah. um, and stuff that's like said in a way where he is like outing himself, and then he's being like, oh no, they're just jokes, and it's like, huh? <laughs> and then his defense is like, well, Louis C.K. makes jokes like that, and it's like, bro, you're not Louis C.K. <laughs> Like what? Well, You're not a comedian. Yeah, and so and he uh, he was on uh, Adam and Stitch trying to like defend himself. He's done this a couple times, and he he just comes off as really disingenuous um, and not uh, having like the right mindset behind this. <clears throat> but I, you know, that's the problem is that it's, um, and we'll get into it with the ass stuff too. Um, it, it always is very uh, with us or against us in these situations where I'm like, look, if you're going to critique something, do your best to do it in a way, like, even if you can't, like, personally can't stand someone, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, Arnold Schwarzenegger has said a lot of stupid things recently. Um, but if he was in a really good movie, I'd be like, yeah, the movie's really good. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let, right. like, my, my, my personal... Uh, opinions on him get in the way of like reviewing the art for what it is um and you know like i was saying i i think that uh it's like me if i was to say taylor swift sucks as an artist that's not true she's she's great at what she does i may not like her music i don't care for her music but she is fantastic at what she does Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that i've so some of the criticism that I guess has been levied, I I guess properly, maybe properly, I don't know for sure, because there's like so much that you would have to look into with all of the allegations that are being like thrown in every direction. Um, but people being like, oh well, you know, the coloring in Isom One isn't that great. Um, there's some issues from like page to page, um, and then it's like, okay, well maybe that's correct. It's like, but also why is it that way? Because he is an independent creator. Like, yes, he made a lot of money off of that first book, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, everything is going to be perfect from the very beginning. Um, there is a growth aspect to any of these things. I mean, you it's not always true, um, and people sometimes even like, when you're talking about movies, uh, some of the older stuff from their favorite directors or whatever the case may be, um, 
but you do see sort of like an increase. Take take like Christopher Nolan. Like there's a, a big increase um, from some of his really early work, uh, like Memento, to Inception, which I think is probably well, yeah. That's pro- for me. That's probably his timeline of like when he was actually good. <laughs> Though I've heard Oppenheimer is good, um, but that's yeah. like that's the era of of him that I'm like I I I just want to remember um the most and um I, I i think that's okay and it's not to say that eric july is um on that same like level as christopher nolan that's not the the point um but i i remember like i was in one of um uh max von presley streams uh, and they were yep. talking about this and he's the only other person that i've seen um trying to talk in a constructive like a a, a constructive uh, criticism type of way um, about Ripaverse, uh, about potential concerns, um, but not in a thing that's like, oh, you know, let me explain all this stuff and then not, not give you any like reasoning behind it. Like they, he was actually kind of going through it, and I mentioned to him um, in the chat, I was like, well, you know, it, it's like Tolkien's considered one of the best writers ever, and he had multiple drafts of Lord of the Rings. Like published exactly. drafts, and so it's People like criticized Lord of the Rings too. They said the one, the main criticisms of Lord of the Rings was that most of the company um, survived, and they thought that was oh, realistic. so dumb. Like that's yeah, I, yeah, that's like. I wish we had like a we could have like a tier list of things that as far as criticism, um, and it's like and it can be like a personal thing, but it's like it, death doesn't in and of itself make for a good story like killing off a character you know uh what's her face uh jk rowling did that in the last harry potter book and it you know in the moment you're like oh i can't believe she's doing this to all these characters but you look back on it and you're like you went a little crazy with that you know it's like it doesn't that's such like a a neutral thing for me the number of people that died now if it's a if it's a situation of like well that definitely should have happened. Like one of my biggest complaints about the Expendables, for instance, is that uh, it's called the Expendables, and like no one dies in it. Yeah. So, um, pretty that, funny. Isn't that it? one's yeah. That one's for Jake. If uh, we used to argue about that movie all the time, he knows I'm right, but he he likes to bug me about um, how bad I think those movies are. Um, cool. Okay, so that's Ripa. Okay, as uh, why don't you mention that for a second? Yeah, so basically, as actually listened to his video, um, and yesterday, because uh, I think like I caught all the drama around it, but I actually listened to him, and essentially he was just mad. To boil it down, he was mad about Starfield, including um, leftist ideology into their game in the forms of pronouns, from what I gathered. And I kind of understand where he's coming from because it's one of the things I was thinking about when I was listening to him and then, you know, seeing people's responses regarding it. Uh, it actually reminded me of Tolkien's essay on fairy stories, fantasy stories. And essentially, as makes the same point in a much less sophisticated way than Tolkien. And Tolkien, but it's the same thing, which is what. Tolkien said is that you can't have any kind of escapism 
in art if it draws you back to the world you're escaping from. And so if the if you're trying to regarding fantasy works, which particularly this game Starfield is, yeah, a person is not going to be able to escape from it. It's going to break their immersion if it's going if it represents in any type of way uh, the real world and stuff we have going on right now. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of people that would see that and be like, "Well, okay, I'm out." Um, yeah. I also, you and know, as was more aggressive in his response than well, Tolkien. That's probably a better yeah. way to say it. And I completely get it because he's right. I think people are getting hung up on the pronouns. It's not the pronouns. That's the issue. It's the everything. It's a buildup. It's everything yeah. building up to that point. And as is completely right. And people who think, well, it's just pronouns. I think I saw lofty p- pixels um, defending it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to play the game, they could play the game. No big deal. But you have to at least be able to acknowledge how this has drifted into every single form of entertainment and and not just entertainment, every aspect of our lives. And didn't he say he's like pronouns have always been around? Wasn't he one of the people that was saying? Yeah, he's but yeah, but it's it's, it's, if I understand correctly, I think in Canada and other in some countries in Europe, I'll just say countries, some countries uh, you can get charged with a crime if i'm not mistaken yeah. if you misgender someone yeah you can and i don't so i don't it's like it's not just pronouns because as soon as you say that like well then if, if it's just pronouns why does it matter so much to the other side right if it um if it was one of these things where this was just some stupid thing that a small portion of people were doing um and it would be easy enough for me to take like lofty side in this uh and be like whatever it was like it's not that big of a deal people keep saying like it doesn't show up anywhere else in the game and it's kind of like well, why is it like, why is it there? Like, what? Yeah, why is it, why is it there? Then? <laughs> was, yeah. um, this was what uh, Little Palloon, Little Palloon, I'm sorry, Little <laughs> Platoon uh, <laughs> put out on, on Twitter about the whole issue, um, and I thought it was pretty well said. This is pretty long. I might not read all of this, but he basically says, uh, they them pronouns, and I would put anything that falls into the category of not something that was just part of the English, like the English language from inception. Um. The language needs to be as deliberate as possible um, because you run into a lot of confusion when it's really hard to understand what someone else is saying. You know what I mean? Like if someone's saying they want to go to the hospital, he's like, who? who? Are there a group of people that need to go there? Um, so he says this. Uh, they then pronouns uh, for known individuals and for yourself are dumb and narcissistic. Uh, they have nothing to do with gay rights and no place in any alphabet community. Uh, their prevalence in games like Starfield is evidence of dumb narcissism. They don't matter much in and of themselves, but they are also symptoms of ideologi- uh, ideological creep, essentially. Um, if you find it weird that people are getting angry about it, um, that too is a symptom of ideological creep. A bizarre political outgrowth, gender proliferation, narcissism as identity, uh, has been normalized. Uh, it's instinctively impolite uh, to object to it. Uh, it weaponizes kindness against reality. Uh, the ideology was allowed to creep because one side crammed down on it pretty well, uh, unimpeded in gaming until Hogwarts Legacy rolled around and they dramatically overplayed their hand. But by that point, they'd already captured every mainstream gaming news site and every major studio. Gaming hasn't had a culture war yet. 
um, it's had a culture rot, uh, route. Yeah. Um, so he, he goes on, but that's I, that's pretty much it. I, I think that Lofty Pixels, and, and not to pick on him, I'm just he was just the main one I saw uh, arguing, you know, f- a, dif- a different perspective from everyone else and those we follow on Twitter. Um, or X, I should say. <laughs> uh, anyway, and so him and and others, you know, I, I think they're being, you put it like this, you can't convince someone of the truth who willfully desires to remain in ignorance and to... Yeah. You and come at it from a perspective that seemingly that, that seems or appears that I don't want to say disingenuous. I don't think Lofty's trying to be disingenuous. I just think his perspective is warped and he's not seeing th- things in reality because, you know, Herbert Mercuse, who's a famous, uh, well, I shouldn't say famous, but <laughs> a, a Marxist to where uh, most of our, the, the pillars of our hegemony have been, invaded by um and and distorted and and shaken you know a lot of these cues are from them where you have that slow or or from him a lot of these cues are from him where you have these the slow incrementalism and like creep like ideological creep essentially yep yeah to where it's gets into all forms of entertainment specifically the video, video game industry to where now it's normalized and if you push back against that people just try and roll their eyes and it Dude. And I think, you know, what one of the things that I was reminded of that triggered actually my memory of this with Frederick Douglass was, um, you know, on that idea that you can't convince someone of the truth who willfully desires to remain in ignorance. I actually looked up this quote, if you don't mind me. Yeah, let it, me say this. Guess. Let me say this yeah, real quick for the, the, the troll room. Um, yes, the pronoun thing was not as as biggest um, uh, complaint. Uh this game, for some reason, has had people kind of all over the place. Um, like, it's just, I like, got people in camps. Um, even in, like, our our Discord, um, one of the guys in the Discord was talking about how much he liked it. And I'm, I'm just, and he's, like, talking about how critics are really liking it and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't mean anything to me. I was like, tell me, tell me from your perspective. And then, like, yeah. I'll take some time. It's finally, like, it was in early access for a week, and I didn't realize that. Um, cause I was going to play it yesterday and it wasn't available yet. So I was just like, all right, whatever. Um, but I, I'm just at the point and we've talked about it on the show. Like I don't, other people's opinions on something that I haven't engaged with myself don't necessarily mean a lot to me. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, as could be absolutely right about this or he could be overblowing it. Um, you know, I don't know who is correct in the scenario, but yes, his biggest, that was not his biggest complaint. There's like this uh, plot point in there where um, you meet a woman who was like a clone of a man or something like that. And it's just very like, uh, and one of the things that Az talks about in that that video that I wholeheartedly agree with him on, and I wish that um, people would engage with him more, um, is what he's talking about. Like one of his biggest points is like, it's so boring. Like, the stuff that they're doing and the stories that they're telling and tr- and putting this stuff in there and trying to, like, what he, he believes, and, like, I, I would probably fall more on his side with it. Um, it. It's like that they're putting this, it's that ideological creep where they're putting these things in there and they're doing it intentionally to try to get certain messaging to, across. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
They're not doing it for no reason. But it's it's so boring. Like we we've talked about it with so many shows where because the writers, directors, producers, whoever have like activism in their like handle on social media, um, and they're so proud of it, and it's like all you're doing is ruining media because you feel obligated to put this stuff directly in there, but you can't even do it in a way that is like creative. David, they're trying to be on the right side of history. That's right. why everybody so posted those Ukrainian term. flags as the profile picture instead of the Hawaii flag like I was mentioning last right. week. <laughs> they weren't told to, so. But, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I th- the whole yeah, he pro now thing is <laughs> trying to exist in a false view of the world in this false reality that's not true. Um, and and yeah, then I, when like it's it, when it's in everything, kind of like what he was saying, you can't look past your own face because it's narcissism. Unless yeah. it equals this, um, then I'm not going to be able to enjoy this type this medium. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason that uh, we were talking specifically about the pronoun thing is because if you go on social media everywhere, that's the only thing people are bringing up. Yeah. Uh, that, that clearly they didn't actually listen to what he was saying. They just went like, "Wow, this guy's screaming a lot," and moved on. Or you had a lot of people who just went out there and they were clout chasing by being like, "Huh, look at how crazy this guy is," or whatever. Can you believe that he's getting that upset about this? And it's like, there's so much more to it. Um, so thank you, Dungeon Master. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and it was funny because he said, "Oh, this is probably a dude," and then it literally was like a clone of a dude. And so yeah, it is. There is some comedy to it for sure. Um. Sorry, what but, what else, what were you gonna say before I kind of? Do you remember? Yeah, you're gonna you know, read a quote or something like that. Yep. No. So I was on this idea of you can't convince someone of the truth who willfully desires to remain in ignorance, and uh, it reminded me when I was listening to reading Lofty's responses and some others' responses of Frederick Douglass, and he said of a certain category of slaves, quote. Some slaves, when inquired of as to their condition and the character of their masters, almost universally say they are contented and that their masters are kind. The Hmm. slaveholders have been known to send in spies among their slaves and to ascertain their views and feelings in regard to their condition. The frequency of this has had the effect to establish among the slaves the maxim that a still tongue makes a wise head. They suppress the truth rather than take the consequences of telling it, and in doing so prove themselves a part of the human family. And so I think some of the responses, there are some people, um, I'm not saying this is lofty, but other ones, like Hassan Piker, for example, <laughs> yeah. who are too much of a coward to stand on the truth because of the backlash or um, the amount of money and more that they're going to lose. Uh, not, I'm not including Lofty in that, just to be clear. But I think there are others, because right. this quote touches on that, but also touches on what I was just saying, that there are some people who, you know, you can't convince them of the truth because they're trying to remain in ignorance, and I think that fits Lofty in this specific situation. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't won't. think he's engaging with it in a truthful, like engaging with actual argument in a truthful manner. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I you probably read more of it than I did because it just it got overwhelming and and, and horror Amarada got in there and was like, y'all, you need to calm down because there's this like, uh, she called it um, like a purity test that's starting to happen where it's like, if there's a disagreement, you're all of a sudden the enemy, and it's like 
that's not the way that we need to be able like no, we need dude, to be able I, to have uh good like actual heard, conversations without someone being like when well, you're you're on the other side now um yeah kind of dude i heard someone say that if they found out someone liked um the rings of power that that they knew who, what their character was um and what their political ideology was i was like maybe it, they just have bad taste in tv shows <laughs> good night just it's just a show who cares if, if somebody likes the will of time it doesn't bother me i have people i know that like the will of time they're wrong but they still like it you know what i mean it, it'll always like throw me back a little bit like I oh dude so i was like in the airport and um this guy was talking about how he like he liked ahsoka we were just, we were like at a, at a table in the airport and um nice segue uh, the by the way us, yeah the people, the people next to us, um, they were talking about Ahsoka, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty good." And I was like, "I just, I, you know, I, I feel the same way as you do." But there is this part of me that's like, "I really want to ask you what it is, like, what are you yeah. seeing that is like connecting you to this, this thing?" Um, you, you know what? Most of the time it is, David. When I've asked, it's just people, you know, the people that like it just aren't thinking that hard about it, and oh, that's just yeah. like, it's kind of like if I go. Like, I used to go and watch the Transformers right in the movie theater when, sure. when I watched it um, in L.A. when I was there. I just turned off my brain. You know what I mean? I'm just right. going to watch and eat popcorn, right? Right. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it for the robots and the explosions and that. I'm not, you know, all that stuff. And, and sometimes it's it's nice just to not think about something and, and be in this mindset of critiquing. Uh, and so I get like with some people, they're just more so wanting to view certain things through rose color glasses. And then over time when they say, well, hey, like when you engage in it, hey, w- what did you like about it? Oh, yeah. Well, what about this? What do you think of this? Then you start to unravel some things. And again, people can still enjoy something that's bad as long as they still recognize that as bad. Right. Uh, Yeah. And much like how like I enjoy the first Hobbit movie. I think we've talked about this yeah. ad nauseum. You you do, but recognize I recognize the stuff that's that wrong it's... with the series, and yeah. even the first one I think has has problems. Um, yeah, and it's even some of my favorite stuff, man. It's like, yeah, it definitely does. But there is there's something about it for one reason or another that I I enjoy watching. That we all have like our guilty pleasure movies or whatever the case may be. Um, I the thing that. It, it's the uh, it's the side of what is typically the internet, not when you meet people in real life, um, but where you're like, no, Rings of Power is bad. Like we've talked about this for a really long time. We've broken down all these things, and they go, nah, ah, it's really good. And then and you're like, well, why? And they're like, well, it's it's got a reference to a um like this specific, and you're like, what? You're like that doesn't make it good. Like that makes it something that you're like, oh, I know that thing. Um, but it, you know, it's it's almost like the. It, it's very um, like robotic in a way of like, yeah. oh, I see thing I like, therefore this is good. Um, and Not that much depth doesn't to why they like it. Or yeah, not. and you know, people get mad about that, and they're like, oh, well, it's just and and this is the thing. I I have to imagine. Um, that a lot of people didn't grow up, um, I think the way that you and I did, where it was like we would talk about this stuff in detail. Yeah. Um, 
no matter what it was like everybody kind of and and I think there's a lot of people who have that thing where it's like you know if you went in um like say I was going to like uh and I I was like talking to a mechanic and the mechanic is like really going in depth to this stuff and talking about like why these things are good why they're not and then I go well I like that it has Apple CarPlay in it it's that's like similar to me now to be fair yeah, you know, that's a great analogy it's it's one of those things that's like well what about the miles per gallon what about the engine what about but, yeah but know, i'm also not going to insult the, the more mechanic. important element yeah i'm not going to insult the mechanic and tell him that like oh well it's just a car you know what i mean it, it yeah. it's so um it, it's like derivative where you see this a lot where I, and I hate that Joe Rogan did this because I do like Joe Rogan but he was like talking about the Barbie movie and there's been other people who talked about it and they're like it's just a movie about dolls and it's like can we not do this can we not do this thing where Star Wars is just about space wizards for kids um, you know yes sometimes there is stuff that is uh, targeted more towards kids it's promoted for kids or whatever um, but some of that stuff has a following because of how long it's existed. Star Wars, for instance. Hey, and maybe even more so, we should criticize kids' movies than adult movies because yeah. it's going to have a... You know, there's a good argument you can make that will have a bigger impression on children. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, that's a, I, I hate it when people say that. Yeah, I say it, all of a, that. I say all of that. Movie or it's just a doll movie. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. Because it's like you can tell when the people say stuff like that. It's like, well, you're just not really like a fan of this stuff. It's like we're just not. There's no real con- and and you know, you and I have kind of talked about this in the past when we've gotten into it with people where it's like, you're you're like not whether it's like we're talking about the medium because like New Better Do Better is in a, a weird example because he was trying to come at this like, oh, let's talk about the lore, let's do all this stuff, and I'm like, no, dude, like let's talk about the actual product. Like the I thing, was like, yeah, let's talk about the full yeah, buddy. right. Um, and and that's kind of where it where it is for me, where it's it's a situation of yeah, like let's get into the nitty gritty of this stuff. Like let's talk about the characters and talk about how their arcs are working, or like you know um, something that's resonated with some people recently that I've talked about is that there's this weird. Um, uh, thing that gets overlooked in a lot of television shows with how sharp they look and it, and it messes with the quality of the product because for instance like in uh, lower budget stuff like if the costuming is not that great if you put a little like extra blur in there you do some stuff with the lens and you put filters on it um, you can kind of hide some of that like if you're really good at your job um, you can you know hide things in the edit you can do all sorts of stuff um, to, to fix this and we're just not we're not getting that now. It's like everything is on these like really really nice cameras, but they're not doing the stuff that's necessary to make it look correct for the setting. Or you know like we'll talk about um, <clears throat> like one of the things that that's bugged me in Ahsoka is that we're not too far after Return of the Jedi, um, and all, somehow like the rebels and this New Republic or whatever has all of this like great. Uh, technology, everything's like super clean again. Um, and for me, like a lot of that isn't Star Wars. Like that was prequel trilogy stuff because that was a different time. You know, they lost, the Empire rises, they become kind of the new guys on the block. Um, but then, like a few years after the rebellion wins, it's like now they have all of this like in- incredible looking stuff. And there's there's just like disconnects for me um, 
when I'm watching that. And like uh, Wheel of Time has been the same way, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit too. Where there are things in there that I'm like, man, I really would like an explanation as to why this looks the way that it does. Um, yeah. and the show shows movies a lot of the time with like Star Wars and and you know even Rings of Power and um, uh, Wheel of Time they don't do a very good job of like weaving in the world building into the thing that they're doing um, and there's a lot of world building in Wheel of Time a Dude, lot a lot of um, gobbledygook well in the show yeah bad the, road, world building uh, well that's that's what I'm getting at yeah is it's like you have a a series that has a lot of it and I know you can't put all of it in there you're gonna bore your audience doing that like it's different book book to mo- like uh, book to visual um, you've got to be able to like <clears throat> decide what is the most important what you can kind of leave out what you don't you know necessarily need to go into um, and they're not doing a great job of that but we'll get into it let's talk about Ahsoka let's uh, I did manage do to it. pull up some of this. Uh we're not going to talk super long about this because there's no nope. there's not a lot to say. Um dude, I died laughing too. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I thought it was pretty funny how in the okay. second episode, oh what was it? Or was it in this episode? All right, you keep going. I think it's in this episode actually. Never mind. I'll be quiet so until we get to it. But go ahead. Um I, I was having a conversation with Jake uh, earlier. I'm going to pull this up. And I asked him, because there's a scene in here where Sabine is talking to Ahsoka. Um, and they're talking about the Force. And she has a line in here that said, the Force is in all of us. I said, uh, this was my... I asked Jake about this, because he's the person I go to for Star Wars lore at this point, because I haven't kept up with any of that and it's I, I've ranted enough about the Star Wars lore but uh, I said by the way is no this no one cares about the Star Wars lore anymore yeah. <laughs> I said by the way is this in quotes the force is in all of us thing canon uh, or made up later uh, I said in Ahsoka um, and he says it flows through all living things but I believe if your midichlorian count isn't high enough then you can't use it um, and what that and I, I said uh, seems like Ahsoka is trained enough and anyone can use it. Like, they're just changing it from... There was kind of a standard, even though people didn't, didn't like the midichlorian thing. I don't... That, again, it's a different conversation to be had, and I don't know where I would stand about what makes the most sense. Like, I, I kind of prefer, like, pretty hard rules to your magic system, um, just as yeah. a preference. Uh, I know that's not really the case in something like Lord of the Rings, um, but I, I think as a preference, like, if I was going to write something like that, uh, I would want pretty hard rules about things like some people can be Jedi's some people cannot be Jedi's and then how you decide or if you decide to explain that is up to you um and so that that was something that kind of I was like oh because we had, and, and I don't know if you remember but we had talked about it last week where I was like I, I guess she's training to be a Jedi and, and then I think some people were telling me like she doesn't have like force abilities but now they're like playing it out as if she's gonna be able to do that and I'm like so she like had no potential for it, was kind of trained as a Jedi anyway for some reason, and now is probably gonna get force powers, and she's probably gonna be stupid strong uh, by the time this this uh, show is over. 
I, I think the issue with Star Wars potentially um, make some people mad uh, <laughs> comes from good intentions on behalf of at least some of the creators or a few of them or some of the writers. Me and when it, regarding the Force, what I mean is that this idea of trying to inspire their audience in the state saying like, well, everyone can use the Force, right? Everyone can be this um, force for good. But it's like within the world that it's just so dumb. Yeah. You know, like that everyone can use like what they're getting at now, at least with Sabine, is everyone being able to use the force and gather it. And I think you're right that there should be hard rules, at least within Star Wars, on who can use the force, who can be a Jedi and what it takes to get there. Because now it's just kind of all over the place and uninteresting. I think the main reason why it's uninteresting is because Disney took predominantly a um, male, you know, target audience with Star Wars up until they purchased it. Right. And then transformed it and tried to transform it into a female brand. And now nobody likes it. (laughs) Male or female. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a small audience, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. There are some people I'm, I'm sure that are out there that are into it. Um, And, uh, but hardly, it's dwindling. you know, is what I mean from what it used to be. Because people used to be crazy about this, but now it's kind of just, it's dead. Um, you uh, know, I've lost, I've always considered myself more of a normie when right. it comes to Star Wars. And I've completely have lost the interest in it's, this show. It was so and, and bad. Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. It was so bad for me for a while that it was affecting how much I like uh, 4, 5, and 6, or the original trilogy. Um because like I think, objectively, Empire is the best of those. Even though people like to argue that stuff, and then like every time a new, um, like kind of gritty ish Star Wars uh show or movie comes out, everyone wants to be like, it's better than Empire, and then you're like, it's not. It just isn't. Um, it's like stop, <laughs> stop playing this game. Um, but it was affecting me for a while. We were trying to say that Rings of Power was better than Lord of the Rings. I'm oh just, no stop. way, dude! Not just I mean that stop. is objectively that is a wrong opinion. I, you like, know, it's like on. you can like the show and not be a liar. Like yeah. that dude that was saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's oh. like that dude that was saying that Margot Robbie was mid. Oh yeah, like, listen. It's, you can dislike Barbie without being a liar. There, yeah, there's like uh, levels to to um, I guess opinions or whatever. Where sometimes yeah. I'm like, ah, you know, I disagree, but uh, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. And then you have the ones where it's like Rings of Power is better than uh, the Jackson trilogy, and you're just like, dude, like that. It's not even a competition. Um, At that point, I'm just like, this is a bot. Yeah, yeah, there's some, yeah, you're trolling or just, uh, one of the things that I thought was really funny, um, so last week after we finished the Ahsoka review, I decided, I was like, well, I was like, I never finished Rebels, I was like, let me get, um, uh, find a quick breakdown, uh, where someone runs through, like, the four seasons, so that I kind of, uh, at least, am a little more aware of, like, what's going on in the show, like, it really didn't change my enjoyment of the show at all, but it's like, it does kind of, at least, it's like, okay, I think I understand these characters just a tiny bit better than I did. Um, I'll stay in the dark. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but the funniest thing, and I wanted to, I almost sent this to you just for the opening of this thing. Uh, whoever this guy was, I don't even remember at this point. He, he The first thing he does is he's like, um, 
the SAG after strikes are going on right now. Um, and if you want to continue to see shows like Ahsoka, and he named one other thing, um, something else that I guess is like come that's like kind of recent. Oh, he's at Ahsoka and Rebels, I think. He's like, if you want to continue to see shows like that, you should support the strike. Blah. And I literally was like, bro, you're just convincing me not to con- to uh, support the strikes. Like, yeah, right? why would you say that? Like, do you not understand that this isn't a good show? We should like, create a, a uh, one of those um, like heartfelt videos about the writer strike <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> but, oh, I might have to do it. Do you want to see them crumble? Uh, like, just list all the bad shows and movies that have come out. And be like, only you can prevent this by not supporting. <laughs> <laughs> Allow the strike to go on indefinitely. We could play, uh, I wish we could, but we could play uh, In the Arms of an Angel. Yeah, (laughs) Sarah McLaughlin song. Just do these these collages of the celebrities being sad. (laughs) Oh, man. If only we had time to do that. I know, right? Um, Sorry, I was looking for something. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so the I oh, I, oh. I, is this the episode? I'm sorry, this yeah. is the episode where the senators confront her, right? Yes, it wasn't the last episode. It's this it's okay, this one. just one. Um, and I had sent to you. I was like, oh, I was like, Mary Elizabeth Weinstein remembered that she's an actress for like a second. Like, there's actually like they there's a moment of like now again in a better show this would have hit. Um, but I went. Oh, someone is showing emotion in this show. I was like, I it threw me so off guard. Um, because she's like, but it's it's the thing where you know she's got the reputation now of being like the Karen of the show. Um, because and is of she the green lady. She's the green lady on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, because in the last episode, and we talked about this, and I thought it was really funny because as the week went on, I saw other people kind of discussing her character. And it being like, why is she acting like this? You know? Um, and in this... Oh, if, wow. That's her? Yeah. I just looked at her on IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. she's Ramona Flowers and Scott Pilgrim. Oh, wow. Um, She, uh, you know, in the previous episode, she... the Huntress in Birds of Prey. Yeah. <laughs> let's... That movie. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I, that one's probably not her fault. <laughs> that movie's got <laughs> a lot dude. of other problems. She's not uh, well, in a lot of it either. Um, uh, along with what you're saying about the acting in this, yeah. I, I said this last week, I don't think it's the actors in this. I just think it's the writing. You're only going to be as good as the writing yeah. as an actor, generally speaking. Well, and that's the thing and, is I would tell you it's the writing and the direction because there's only so yes. much that you can put to paper and it's up to the person who is directing to be like, hey, we need to run that again. That No, uh, more, you know? And then you could even... In, in some cases, depending on who it is, because some of these, a couple of the people in the show are like relatively, uh, you know, Rosario Dawson and Mary Elizabeth Weinstein aren't, um, but the girl that's playing um, uh, Sabine? Sabine, she's been in some stuff, but there's nothing in there. Like, she's, re- I would call her relatively unknown, you know? Yes. Um, and so it could come down with her in particular where it was like it was bad casting. And so there are there are these kind of steps that you go through where it's like we do harp on the writing a lot, but man, if you're not going, uh, hey, this is the scenario, and here's what I'm looking for from you, um, you have to be able to, to to literally direct your talent to give them the things that they need so that they can perform um, the best possible. And you know, you get 
with uh, like we talk about Ahsoka in particular, where she just she seems like a wet blanket in this show. Yeah, the very you know, and and we talked about the stoicism thing and how. Yeah, that's definitely that. But if you're gonna make her like the stoic character, you have to do something to make her interesting. And yeah. I have never watched Rebels, and it's unfair. Well, that's sorry. I've seen some of Rebels, but she she's not in Rebel. Oh, dude. I'm oh, sorry. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't need to be able to do homework to like your yes, character. That, I'm not. Dude, I, I am not going to go watch Rebels. You know, you I'm do, not going to go watch Clone Wars. I don't care. Star Wars sucks. Let me it tell was, you. Let me tell okay you about this to thing. begin with, and me, there it is. Let me tell you about this thing in um, Rebels that they talk about in that recap that I watched. And that, just to be clear, hang on, just to be clear, I'm not talking about the original trilogy sucks. I'm talking about Star Wars since then sucks. <laughs> um, th- there is a, I guess, an episode, and there's this thing that has, uh, I, I, I guess is canon now, but called the World Between Worlds, all right? Um, and the way that this was described, because I actually hadn't watched this, and it was one of those things that made me go like, wow, talk about uh, a uh, world-breaking uh, like thing to introduce into this. So it's this place that, like, I don't even remember how he said that they, that, like, uh, I think it's, who is it? Ezra, who, who has been mentioned in the show, if you don't remember. Um, yep. who was like the main character in Rebels pretty much um, he he gets into this place called the world between worlds and Ahsoka in a previous season is presumed to be dead fighting Darth Vader um, I think it's either the end of season two or three or some somewhere in there and he, he finds his way into this magical world and there are mirrors in there that take you that are portals into the past. And so he pulls uh, Ahsoka out of this, like, situation that she was, like, sacrificing herself uh, fighting Vader. Mm-hmm. And he basically, like, saves her and brings her into the present. And um, and then the, the way that it was explained was that he then sees... His parents, who die in the in the rebellion, I think is is the way that that that, uh, that scenario worked. The troll room can, um, yeah. Matt Newman says a bit like Interstellar, um, if you remember kind of how that was. Um, he then sees an image of his parents alive, and I guess has the opportunity to pull his parents through. But then they're like, no, no, no. That was actually just Palpatine tricking him in that scenario. And I'm like, uh, wait, what? Like. Wh- how is one different than the other? Like, why Why is it that he has the ability to see Ahsoka in this one portal, but then this other portal is a trick portal? It's like, yeah, dude, Dave Filoni is such a hack, man. Like, unre- man, unreal. I'm a big enemy saying that, but, like, dude is a terrible writer. Um, like, bringing so- uh, Dave Filoni, the guy that oh, wrote Oh, yeah, the Ahsoka guy who wrote Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jake. Yeah, I guess Ezra's parents died in a prison... Prison camp, oh, potentially. Also, to be clear, the uh, early 2000s trilogy uh, does hold a special place in my heart. Wasn't yeah, it a trilogy, right? Yeah, there's stuff. Trilogy, right? There's stuff that I like about it and stuff that I hate tremendously. They should have um, never killed off Darth Maul, but dude, of course I'm the, smart enough to know that. Yeah, Gen Z in particular like has memed that thing into popularity, and I'm like, it still doesn't make it good. <laughs> it still doesn't yeah. make it good. 
<clears throat> all right, so yeah, she has this like confrontation with one of the senators, and I was like, all right, uh, you know, if if you weren't already kind of this self-described Karen at this point, where you're like, you know, pushing pushing people around and you know, murdering these dock workers who for some reason are gonna like still side with the empire and their their lives mean nothing to them for whatever reason. Um and then uh you know he's she's like you never served in the war and he's like no and it kind of shuts him up. Uh and I was like all right yeah like that I don't hate that but again the character's not really winning points for me necessarily. Um I just and, think it's funny how oh. You have all these high events that happened. Yeah. You know, like they found out that, hey, at this planet where they're mass producing enemy equipment. Yeah. Basically planet destroyers for um, the bad guys. Uh, who are they called? What are, what are the bad guys called? I know it's General Thrawn, but what are they calling them? Imperial Force or whatnot? Um, for the Imperial imperial force and all of the the senators and the chancellors say nope we're not gonna do anything about it there's nothing to worry about here yeah but you think everyone would go on high alert <laughs> idiot uh, yeah it's weird they're watching this show dude it's so frustrating that she's like admiral theron is alive and they all go no he's not <laughs> and, he, and and she's like yeah, they're just mass producing all this military equipment. yeah no nah, he's not alive they, they don't even want to like check hey, into hey, it hey it's... speaking of hey i'm gonna do a callback you ready for my yeah. callback yeah, yeah, yeah uh my callback i just had you cannot convince someone of the truth who willfully <laughs> desires to remain in ignorance <laughs> um and it the writing in this it, it's that thing where it feels like what they have to do is like because Hera is a woman um she has to be in the employment situation where her employers don't believe her, you know, without implying that it's because she's a woman. It's like, but she's like a decorated war veteran. She should have some clout with these people. You know what I mean? (laughs) Even if the the one guy who led in the resistance and fought like, and these other senators who, Hey, at least it mirrors real life. The senators not fighting in their own battles. Right. Uh, Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that is like, that's why maybe that, hit with me a little bit too is like uh she has every right in that situation to be like you didn't like to hit him with that like you didn't fight like you didn't lose people and again if the show had 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 the uh, upfront thought to be like we need to remind people that Hera lost her husband in the rebellion that he died saving people but because they don't do that if you're just watching this your only like thought process with this is like, oh yeah, she did fight in that, and it sucks that that dude would, doesn't believe her. It would have been better, almost like obviously you don't want to overdo it with flashbacks, and maybe you just have an episode that's totally devoted to things from the oh, past. You could though, you could do subtle, but, like subtle stuff. Do, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You could do a subtle thing right there to where it flashes back briefly of how she, you know, you see her lose her husband and what that entailed. But oh, um. Matthew was asking about her kid. Uh, he is in this. Uh, no one cares, Matthew. Yeah, he doesn't even. Kid. So it's really fun. No cares okay, about this show. All we're two of the five people watching the show. Here he is, right here, his, with his green hair because his mom's green. So he he had to get some sort of like <laughs> resemblance to her. So they gave him natural dark green hair. <laughs> 
Um, we'll just leave that alone. I don't even I don't even want to dive into that. Like why he basically just looks like a human because the show can't, you know, like Star Wars as a brand can't figure out about like interspecies relationships. They can't decide like what that would actually look like. Um, so yeah. the only other thing I really wanted to talk about in this episode is this fight, this space fight, because that's really it. You have Sabine training at the beginning. You have um, Hera's interaction with the the senators, and then you have Sabine and Ahsoka getting into a star fight where. No joke. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Ahsoka goes out of the ship. Um, where is it? There's this. She's like floating around. Hang on. Um, with her lightsabers, right? Dude, this right scene was here. cracking me up. Crap, where is it? I laughed so hard at this, and I I, I need to see if please, I can please take this. a picture of it and send it to me so I can uh, have that as my background. Okay. Here we go. I meant to do that before this episode. I think it's here. I have this one, two, three. Okay. So here she is, and she's like fighting off the the people. Uh, right? And then this then she does this. Oh, now, again, we've talked about how ridiculous space is in this. Um here we go. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard. It was like, oh guys. Like, Dude, it's so funny because those ships were totally also uh, just hitting the crap out of their ship and doing nothing. Like, yeah, I understand they had shields. It. Yeah. Uh, I'm Because I think there was a comment, off the cup comment made about shields. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But at this point, it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> like, them shields ain't that good. Yeah. And when that was a thing, is like shields used to be something that existed, but then could be depleted over time. And so it bought you enough time. And it's, you know, it helps from a, uh, a writing standpoint because you can extend a scene, right? So if you're trying to make a, um, like a, a tense moment in something and, you know, someone, you know, the, the shields are there and they go, oh, our shields are down to like 80% or whatever. And, you know, you can in your own head go, oh, okay, that's still pretty high. Like, they're not in the worst danger. But as they continue to talk about how they're getting lower and lower and lower, you then start to feel the same way as the the people that you're watching on screen, the characters. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, uh, hmm. <laughs> like in this, you're right. They don't, it, it it's, one of the things I I may have mentioned this last time we talked about it, this show is like someone was kind of aware of uh, the tropes in Star Wars, but never really had a love for uh, the series, and doesn't know enough to create more for this world that is actually interesting and and enjoyable to watch and has tense moments and interesting characters and dynamics between anybody like our dynamics for this show right now are like i don't i still don't really know anything about ahsoka if you've never watched rebels you don't really know anything about hera you know like a little bit about sabine but it's just based on these small little things that they've shown you um and then like i if you're watching it, you're like, I don't really even understand why these people are together. Like, why do they li- like like each other? What, you know, you're just kind of told like, oh, this is it, and now we're moving forward with the the story. So, yeah, right. Um. Oh, and I then just, the- I just like at least this show gave us that scene of Ahsoka. 
just jumping off the uh, ship. You also get the, spa- the magic. Floating in space, dude. I can't believe we got that scene. I'm sorry. Oh, I just good. had to go back there for a moment. You also get the rolling, dude. The, uh, the magic space whales. Yes. The force sensitive space. repeat of uh, Force Awakens, right? Isn't there a scene uh, no, it's, similar to that? No, it's in, um, in one it's of a re- It's a Rebels thing. Um, okay. it ha- I don't think that they've shown up in any of the primary. Uh, I thought there was something. No. Um, here they are, the the magic space whales. Just you know, they're a thing. And that, again, I thought there was a scene of them flying around in one of the Star Wars movies. Uh, around some type Jake, of animal. The magic space whales are stupid. Um, I these I don't I don't think so. This is a very like Dave Filoni thing. Um, they're hyperspace whales, and they're like not even in hyperspace right now. They're just hanging out on this planet. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's the episode. Yep. <laughs> Thankfully. Oh, the, the, best, uh, the apparent- best thing. But this is by far the best episode because it's the shortest. It episode. is the shortest. Yeah. Um, that cannot. That's my metric. Oops. That cannot be said. Uh, for the next thing we're going to be talking about. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Oops. Man, I think what I'm going to do is just pull up episode one and we can kind of just give our initial thoughts about the show and then we'll end this episode. Um, okay. Because Wheel of Time, man, like, uh, I'd be curious. I'm curious about the. Oh, uh, the, uh, Matt said that they're in the solo movie and I don't, dude, I don't even remember that. Um, Wheel that's of Time. That's right. There's a Willow, the solo movie. That's it. Uh, Wheel of Time is a uh, show <laughs> uh, that we didn't review the first season of. I gave season one my worst uh, television show of last year. Um, one, so that we both didn't say that Rings of Power was the worst thing. I mean, it, it it's arguable, I think, from either end, uh, which one is worse. Um, I, th- I think Wheel of Time, as far as like source material, I think Wheel of Time is significantly more detrimental uh, to the source material as a television show Ooh. than Rings of Power was. Ooh, I'd um, have to argue that, but that's not the time. Well, for that. the reason I say is because it's a primary source, not a secondary source. So they're adapting the primary source. Like It's not like they're adapting uh, Rings of Power's adapting Lord of the Rings. They're like, this is... And because you know they had said like Silmarillion, but it's not even really adapting Silmarillion. It's just well, like they are. They have the they have the TV rights to Lord of the Rings, whereas right. Warner Brothers has the uh, movie rights. So that's why Amazon was able to do a film or do a TV show. Actually, the reason why they were able to do a TV show, if I understand it correctly, even more so than just that, is it had to be under. It had to be eight episodes or under. If it was nine or more, I think Warner Brothers does have. Uh, I could be wrong. Right I think Warner Brothers has some TV rights there. Yeah. If it's nine episodes or longer, um, honestly, if I was Warner Brothers, I'd create a second age movie just to completely <laughs> torpedo Amazon. That would be pretty. But yeah, cool. so that includes yeah, that'd be hilarious, man. I would love it so much. Uh, talk about just the drama with that would be so funny. Uh, but so yeah, they have the rights to the Lord of the Rings, and obviously that includes appendix, which is what they're trying to dap. And for the fifteenth hundredth time, people, if I get this comment again, I am telling you, if I had a if I had a dime for every time I got this comment, we'd be rich. But <laughs> it is 
Amazon's fault that they chose to do a show about the second age without having the complete rights for what they needed to. Yeah. Even then, and, they still could have done a show that stuck to Tolkien's spirits, themes, ideas, etc. Sorry. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, and that's why my my like I one of my primary arguments for Wheel of Time season one being worse, um I th- I think probably objectively worse is because it's adapting a primary source, not a second or third. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's pulling it's, stuff it's, from Lord of the Rings, but it's not it's not it's like not a full story. it's not like making Gimli gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not going well, into next. like <laughs> um it's not taking uh well and, and cuz it okay, so to be fair, yeah. It does take um actual characters from the lore and do really weird things with them. But it's I guess for me, it's easier to ignore uh, people doing like something stu- like something stupid with a version of Elrond that we don't necessarily have like a connection to than it is to just fully change uh the way that well no it does that too I would, they're both I really would bad they're both really bad and it is adapting from the primary source just not all of the primary well source. that's what i'm saying is like this yeah. this is Whereas so much with, closer i i think I really enjoy. I know you've read the books one time, just the Lord of the Rings books. Have you read the Children of Hurin and the Silmarillion? Yeah. I, I have not read Silmarillion. That is that. Okay. That is Unfinished not. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, but so, those. So no, I would call those second. Those are like, as far as I'm concerned, they're still secondary. Those are like any. So what did Silmarillion would be a, a would be primary, and the Unfinished Tales would be primary sources, okay. and Hurin it would is, it would have made more sense for them regarding the second age show to have gotten the rights to just the Silmarillion and certain parts of the unfinished tales to do right. it rather than the Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, you could make an argument against me on that, but I think that would be no. wrong. I mean, it'd been better to do that. I'd but have to, yeah, so. yeah, I'd have to take a little extra time to be like, okay, so like what did Tolkien write himself versus when did other people come in um and again i don't if from like anything that you would consider like a secondary or something that was even beyond that um it's not necessarily an excuse to just like butcher it but i think when yeah. when you're talking about something like the lord of the rings and the the three books the movies whatever as like primary versus even the Silmarillion and Children of Huron um, as something that was mostly written by Tolkien and something that wasn't written by Tolkien. Um, it's like written not... Written by Tolkien and his son. Right. Um, so it's like, it's there, it's within that that realm, but it's it's just not the same as like, hey, this is book one of the Wheel of Time that we're adapting and then just like completely trashing it. Right, like, exactly. like I get what you're trying you, to say. You see what I'm getting at? It's like, they're... That, in my opinion, just falls into that category of being a little bit more egregious than some idiots who didn't uh, get the rights they needed to adapt something. I mean, it, thank God, though, dude, that they didn't really get those rights because we saw the finished product and it was it was bad. Like they couldn't they couldn't even like make stuff up in a good way. So like if they had gotten a hold of that and then like tried to, and that's what I'm saying is like if they had taken and, and they have to a degree, they've taken a lot of what Tolkien um, and the sane members of his family have done. And they've like really twisted it um, and like changed well, things the, up. So 
so it was Tolkien that wrote um, so Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, um, and then his son gathered his notes and compiled a lot of the stuff that he wrote. You know, so you have the Silmarillion, then you have the unfinished tales. Uh, Tolkien did write the Children of Huron and Beren and Luthien and the Fall of Gondolin. Um, but uh, so yeah, like when when Christopher Tolkien adds things, he's he's just it's a continuation of like his father's notes. So right. he's not trying to insert his own thoughts and, and opinions as much as he can, but really following through with what his father said. But I, I see the point also that you're making. They both equally suck to me. And I said this in our review when we were talking about this. The reason why Rings of Power is worse is because I have, I hold like Tolkien to me is the standard of fantasy writing. Yeah. So, you oh, know. I've got a lot of problems with Wheel of Time um, as a book series. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's but, a lot uh, of like massive fans of this thing. Um, I remember this show. Ugh. Yeah, I was I was in a stream uh, last year. I think just kind of like listening to some people talk about Wheel of Time. Uh, I have one of Nerporeal streams, and someone in his stream was like, "It was, it was someone was like, man, there's a lot of in the comments was like, or in the chat was like, man, there's a lot of characters in um, these first couple of books." And the guy was like, "Just wait till you get to the later books." And I'm like, "Dude, that's not necessarily a good thing." Yeah. Like having an overabundance of characters in your story, and I, um, I don't find uh, the Wheel of Time books to be the most engaging thing that I've ever uh, read slash listened to. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think that what they're doing with the world and him using a lot of um, Eastern mythology to create the world is really cool. Right. Um. That's what they're attempting to do. If if that I don't. I, I'm sure you notice some of that. Um, with uh, with some of the 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 cast. Yes. Uh, like Lan in particular. I mean, he's a he's a samurai. Um. That's. I I don't like their depiction of him so much in the show. Um. Because it, my it, what I've got an image of him as is like the cover of the first book, and he's in this like heavy black armor. Um. And in this, he wears like ninja clothes. <laughs> it's just like uh, I'm not so into that um, and honestly that's a complaint I have about the show is that the um, the costuming is really jarring um, and I <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's on purpose uh, like if that's something that is more like lore accurate or not um, it, there's nothing that comes to mind uh, from the books that I can like definitively say yeah it just you know it, it feels very like mixed and matched to me like you'll have um someone in like a proper modern suit and then you've got like lan in samurai clothing and then yeah. uh, you've got the seems uh, a bit odd the right? Aes, yeah the Aes Sedai are all in their very specific things and it, it all clashes to me and i don't like that um i don't visually i just it it, it bothers me um I, and again i think some of the uh, costuming is really cheap um uh, the Aes Sedai's, I, i'm sure you you saw it. they they have these i'll try to point it out um, if we get an image of it, but the Aes Sedai's wear these like rings, uh, and yeah. they, they have someone in the troll room can probably remind me they have a, a specific uh, a specific purpose, uh, but I, it's just I can't remember what it is. But it's they're bind all others to their will, right? Um, they're ugly and they they don't look very good. Um, yeah, and uh, this opening scene from the first episode, I don't. E- I, I clearly, I was when I was watching these first three episodes. I clearly don't remember that second book very well, uh, because there were only like certain moments in this where I went, "Oh yeah, I remember that." 
but I'm watching a lot of this and being like, was this in there? I was like, did this happen? And and someone will have to. I, I I'm honestly, I want someone to let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Rand situation in this episode. Um, when we get there, uh, I don't rem- remember him having like a fling with. Uh, Wait, don't. Huh. Don't don't uh get to it too fast, but continue your thought. Oh, I just I don't remember him having a fling with this. Uh, this character yeah. um in the way that he that he that he does now that might be something that happened so one of the things that i think they've if i remember correctly one of the things that they've done is they moved relationships around and they've changed certain stuff um uh, about characters and i was i was telling you before we started the show um the wheel of time television series seems to be much more sexual in nature than I think the books ever allude to. Um, it's much, uh, I'm trying to yeah, think. There's the a right lot word. of, uh, um, sexual tension and avert perversion in this show. And in the series, uh, like the books, as far as I'm aware, at least this is the way that I was reading into it, um, that they have these romantic relationships, but they're more um, innocent. Um, I, and because I, I, if I remember correctly, like so, like Lan and Naive, na, na, not Naive, <laughs> Naive, ha, their relationship, like he cares about her and this is from the book perspective um he cares about her there seems to be an interest in both parties but as the story progresses and uh i am saying his name right ran he's the rand sorry um he you know he finds out that he's the dragon um he real like he keeps getting told and this is about as far as i've gotten in the in the the series um he keeps getting told that he and um it's not naive, is it? It's a Gwen. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> this is again. This is my issue with this this series. There's so many uh, characters in this already that I I get lost in all of them. A Gwen. Um, she's the uh, Indian actress. Are you keeping up with me? Yeah, I'm keeping up. With okay, so a Gwen and Rand have sort of this like unspoken love for. Uh, a good portion of the first three books. Um, and you get a lot of dialogue from Rand about how he feels about her, but then there's also a lot of stuff that's like, the, the destiny is a big thing, um, or it's supposed to be in this series, and that like the wheel of time continues to turn, and that you don't have control over your actions. It's sort of like the religious aspect of this world. Um, the, the, the concept, I guess, is it's like, the wheel of time continues to turn. We're all a part of this. Like reincarnation is a thing, um, and so like uh, you are essentially destined to play this specific role in every life that you live. And I don't know if it goes in this direction, and I I kind of hope it does because otherwise it's a little irritating. Um, but I'm hoping what, or at least with the books, that the idea is that they they eventually come to this place where it's like I'm not going to allow like this specific thing to control my destiny. Like just because you're telling me this doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to like fight against this. If I feel like this is the wrong thing or the wrong direction to go. And that, um, you, I think you do get some, some, uh, in the books about, uh, 
the relationship between people who are very much about like this is just my destiny this is what i have to do versus the people who are trying to push back against that like i think that stuff's really interesting i think you get some really interesting character dynamics if you have people who essentially are butting heads um on a a very like high level uh opinion about something where it's like no you're not completely in control of your life versus like well, wait, like, who are you to decide that for me? Like, what, you know, it's like, why do I have to listen to this idea of um, the world continuing to turn um, and that, like, my role to play in this is always specifically this thing and that I can't break out of this to do something else? Um, it's also something I was hoping that Game of Thrones was going to dive into more and it never did. Um, anyway. Yeah, I think that's a great concept, as you mentioned. I thought it was funny how in the beginning, you know, it's you know, the big bad guy is talking about how he's not a monster yeah. and everyone's dressed in black coats. And I'm like, well, that's probably not the right attire to present yourself as not being evil. Right. And the, the ugly monster that he's like petting outside. Yeah. But yeah. She, this little girl for whatever reason. And, and this is the thing, man, I, uh, the show, I was thinking about this watching it because one of the things that I, I attempt to do, um, it doesn't always work out this way, but one of the things I attempt to do is to try to get a bit of the perspective of a normie in this. Um, now, I'm not a, I'm, you know, you've never read the books. I am only on the third one, and I'm not, like, enthralled by them. Like, this isn't something that is, like, very dear to me. Um, but there's a lot of stuff in this that I'm like, if I don't have, same way with Ahsoka, if I don't have the previous context for a lot of this, I am lost a lot of the time. Like, why are they? Why are they doing this? Why are they here now? You know, they all leave. Well, I think and like, I was telling you when we when we briefly talked about this before we began that I thought they should have done a crawl at the beginning or some kind <laughs> of, you know, information dump on where the characters are at, what they've been up to, what they're doing. That way, you kind of get this idea of what's going on because there's to my, it doesn't seem like so far they answer any questions from how season one ended. Yeah, like how, and it, it's just they completely skip over it and just um, yeah, move, it's as, move forward outside of a few things like oh, okay, Moraine doesn't still doesn't have lost, her power still right. She's also her. like not supposed to be a big part of this book either, and I feel like she's already been in it too much. Yeah, it's probably just because of uh, you know, it's Rosamund Pike, so they're probably just trying to fit her in as much as possible. Yeah, well, she's probably like pretty high dollar, I, I just high dollar hate for this. them, you know. Yeah, I just hate this um, concept that has permeated a lot of shows, Rings of Power, Wheel of Time, for example, what we're talking about, of Game of Thrones, this great idea, had this great concept because of the books of you have all these characters, and season one started perfect because it's, it's really small, and as the seasons progress, it builds, and you get to explore more of the worlds, uh, and you get more characters as... It allows and expands, but instead of doing that, uh, so my original point was being that there's this narrative. You have all these characters, and they're doing, you know, they have these different narratives going on in different parts of the world, and they're all going to meet for this one journey, this one final battle, all back together, right, or together for the first time. And, you know, as I said with Game of Thrones, they did that perfectly, because it was, you got a bit in season one, a bit more in season two, a bit more in season three, and new characters slowly along the way. Whereas Will of Time and Rings of Power, they just do a character dump and a world dump to where 
you don't really get to appreciate all the different dynamics. Like this scene, for example, is stupid because it's like, hey, Red doesn't get a choice, um, doesn't get the training of the novices, and her input essentially doesn't matter. It's like, okay, well, then why is she she at this meeting? (laughs) Why is she at the conference if... That and the thing is, is there's sense. well, there's probably an answer to it, but we don't have insight into this. And I this like, show why are they isn't keeping her there if she's essentially useless, just to eventually be like, well, uh, I think I have a great idea. We do this. I just want to <laughs> talk. Okay. And then yeah, and then like they they give her they ju- they just go yeah okay fine like we can't figure it out we'll <laughs> let you do it now. Yeah. Um, it's like oh that's all it took okay. you know yes, she's not that bad then and again I one of the things that and I had mentioned this to you about Ahsoka and I, I I pretty much believe this in general about a lot of the stuff that's coming out now with a little more time with a little more care I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about could be good to great mm-hmm. if they adapted properly if they cared a little bit more about the acting um and you know one of the reasons that game of thrones especially the early seasons are so beloved is because they had legitimate actors and actresses in that mm-hmm. people who were were like shakespearean actors like people who knew exactly like how to play those roles um the direction was right now of course they had a lot of dialogue and material from the books and as soon as they lost that that's when things started to really go downhill um though there's an argument to be made that even before then there's there's some issues um and this show from the jump start like you don't have that many people in this that almost no one is recognizable in this um except for roseman pike like if your narrative isn't going to be good you at least need to have good characterization. Yeah. Like, good characters can, in, well, in a way, overcome uh, a bad plot. Like, the Suicide Squad movie, for example. I think the plot is kind of It's meh. not great, yeah. But the characters are The awesome. characters are freaking... They're great. Are good. King Shark, yeah. Ratcatcher, yeah. Polka Dot. And, and, and it, hel- yeah. it elevates the movie. Um and whereas with this, there's just nothing good about it. I did think it was funny. Uh, maybe I'm overthinking this too much, but I thought it was funny how, like, in that beginning scene when they're, the novices are all in the, the cleaning area and the chick is, like, uh, the head Aes Sedai, the green Aes Sedai, is, like, uh, gets a cup of uh, the dirty water, right? Somebody should have, like, hocked a loogie in it before, too, just to really add the gross factor in there. <laughs> but she gets the dirty water, and she's like, okay, in order to clean it, you got to pull from um, the source, the earth, the earth sign, and then you got to pull <laughs> from the water sign, and then you got to merge them together and create dirty water from them, and then you take the dirty water and pour the dirty water into the dirty water, and then <laughs> it produces clean water. It's just, dude. There, yeah. I, I know. I know. It's. I'm like. It, wouldn't it have made more sense? Like, I get what they're trying to. Yeah. I know, I know it's supposed to be magic. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, I, I'm not harping on this. I just thought it was funny. I, I get what they're trying to say. Like, okay, yes, in a way, sediment will, um, purify water. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just a really dumb way to do it to me. 
Maybe I was the only one thinking that. I just thought it was kind of funny. I was so bored already, dude. You know, that scene you're talking about is, what, 15 minutes in? And I was like, holy smokes. Like, we... This and these three episodes, the best way to sum it up is, is like there's a lot of things happening, but there's not a whole lot happening. Um, yeah. there, there, a lot of stuff was happening, there, but nothing really happened. There's a lot of moving pieces and people moving from places, and like you know, you get sort of your typical, uh, like I, you know, it's like, yeah, the the uh, Egwene and Naive are supposed to be with the Aes Sedai at this point in, in that, that is accurate i mean that's not a hard thing to get accurate like it just literally it's like these characters have to be in this setting um but the you know we're we're three episodes in um there's not a lot that i i think has been learned like i don't know what Nynaeve's motivations are um i don't i don't know um what Egwene's motivations are like Nynaeve has the third episode dude she has this big um journey she goes on and by the end of it it was like well what was the point of all that right like okay cool like she went through some harrowing experiences like what what are we supposed to take away from her doing those things other than them saying you have to do this in order to be a part of like the sisterhood essentially and you're like okay um uh and we've got Perrin who as of the third book's one of my favorite characters um they keep hinting at it, even though I'm pretty sure by this point, wasn't huh? That dude wasn't that dude right there dead at the end of season two? I could have sworn. He no, was. no, loyal. No, no, uh, okay. he wasn't. Or season one. I'm sorry, season mm-hmm. one. I thought he was. Uh, Loyal's another personal favorite from the books. Um, he's supposed to be like pretty innocent, and they may have talked about it in the he's first series. Cool. Um, he. Uh, he's kind of the he would be considered like the wild child of his uh, culture because he was younger than he was supposed to be when he left home um, and his race and I don't remember the name of them but they live incredibly long lives and they're sort of like lore keepers for the world and they you know they're supposed to talk really slow and you know that like that whole deal and he's like the he would be considered like the black sheep of that group um and he's very loyal you know his name is you know haha it's really good um but he has like a great relationship with most of the cast um or you know most of the cast of characters in the book and uh, really like him, and he just is kind of here in the series. Like he exists, and they don't give him a whole lot to do, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, Perrin is another personal favorite because he can essentially talk to wolves, and I think they're gonna get into that. And they've kind of been hinting at it since the first season, and it's really annoying that they keep trying to do this thing. Like, oh, when will he be able to do it? When is he gonna have like? And it's just it's yeah. boring at this point, dude. I, I I'm really. I dislike season one a lot. What I hate oh, yeah. about season two is that it just continues the same narratives and um, kind of the same momentum as the first season to where it, it's going nowhere. They spend their wills. N- nothing much is really happening. There's reveals that are supposed to be dramatic that aren't that revealing because we as the audience already know. Um, it's just lackluster i mean there's a couple like fights you know and they're not that great um what's a land 
Mon Dragon, um, the the warder, like he just simps around for um, Moraine. Uh, well, he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of like that in the in the books a little bit. I think he he comes off better in the books for sure. Um, and then Moraine's just I don't know. Their whole dynamic is it's I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. Just from someone who doesn't know the books, it, like things stuff is vaguely hinted at with the narrative and with the characters, but nothing's really ever delve that well in depth. Like it's too simplistic. Yeah. Apparently, Loyal got stabbed with a knife in the first season, but I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that. At I, all. I thought I was right. I was like, didn't but he, he die didn't at the end I mean, of season one? No, the only reason I know he didn't die is because I've read the books, and then it's like unless they were gonna like change Thank that you, completely. Yeah, he got stabbed <laughs> with an like, evil I like, knife. I guess I I'm know. just going crazy. Maybe, I could have sworn yeah. he got stabbed. Well, that bad. was the thing. Is like I thought. I thought about it before we were gonna start this. I was like, maybe I'll go back and watch the first season, and I immediately was like, no, I'm not doing that. No way. <laughs> I just watched the recap, bro. No way, dude. I had I had to watch a recap. Maybe I need to watch a recap. Um, but yeah, I watched well, Amazon Prime's one. I got about a minute to that, Jake, and I was like, bump. I'll that. find a YouTube one. It'll be more. Uh, there was a YouTube one I found. I'm like, yeah, let me do that. Um, yeah, you know, let me skip over to episode two real quick. Um, I'm just trying to like refresh my memory from something I literally watched today. Oh, oh, we, yeah, we don't get ran in the first, oh, oh, dude, the main character of this show is in the first episode for five minutes. Dude, and they, and they set it up like it's some kind of big reveal. Oh, like, that oh, he's the, oh, alive. There, there like, he is. Oh, I, yeah. wonder, I wonder what it would be like if I didn't already know he was alive. I know. Um, honestly, I, I was trying to remember... Uh, Matt was saying that Desperu has a really good, like, between the books and, and the, the show, so I may have to, like, go back to refresh my memory a little bit, but, I, like, I don't remember him running away after the the first book and being on his own working at a mental hospital um, and, like, doing all the things that he's doing, like, being with this, uh, um, it, the owner did, of this inn. Desperu um, thought he died, too, apparently, from what Matthew was saying. What's that um, dude's name? The... Loyal? Uh, loyal, yeah. Huh. Loyal. Um Again, I mean I know I know you're right. It's just uh, like they I'll just say this answer. though. The the girl that they got to be Rand's love interest in this um is very attractive. <laughs> it's like uh Asil, um, fake sister. Oh yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Dude, It was up. like, oh, I was like, well, and then, like, dude, the, her whole arc in this is that she owns an inn and she's sleeping with Rand. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all she is. And it's so, so disappointing. It's so disappointing because it's man. Well, you like, think they could produce some more character? She's just uh, some more characterization of her a bit more in depth. It's kind of like my criticism of um, the elf queen in The Witcher, uh, her husband. That all he is is her agent. Like he just helps her move the plot along. He has no agency. Uh, apart from her, um, and again, there's yeah. nothing wrong with with having like someone stay by someone's side. That's not what of I'm course, saying. but it's you know at least give them some bit of agency, some character depth. I mean, she just serves to move the plot along forward for him. Yeah, um, plot device. Uh, Matt spends three episodes in prison. 
I don't. Do you know how long this season's supposed to be? I don't know if you saw this, but he's digging to get out, right? That's what I'm assuming, right? He's digging to get out, but he's digging on an interior wall. And David, I am not by any stretch of the imagination a construction expert, um, but you see the wall that clearly has a window and the sun shining through it. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that on the other side is freedom, but I would take my chances with that side versus the interior wall that more than likely is going to lead to another prison. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you can scroll and find and find it in the, uh, in this scene right around here, but I was dying laughing when I saw him first start to dig and Uh... you just see the big old window right behind him. Oh, was it right here? Uh, I don't know if it, it's somewhere, maybe before that scene, but like maybe at, I think it's at like at, at the very beginning when he first starts to chisel. I don't know how first in season one, how in episode two it is, but it's like right when he first starts to um, chisel at the wall, uh, there's a, you know, a big shot of the room and on the other wall, is a window. The back wall right is there. a window. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm trying to stay away from copyright strikes. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no, that's not it. You were almost there. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, you're going the right way. There it is. Oh, that one? That's like, I don't think that, that's the door. I, I The window is no, there. She was. The, that's no, Oh, that's not the door. It's not. It's all these close-ups. Where are the your, wide uh, shots? Just uh, do your mouse over it again. Okay, hang on. Over the uh, the bar. Let me mute this. Because I'm telling you. No, see, that's the door. That was the no, that was the door. the door. I, no, no, Joseph, it wasn't the door. That was, dude. That was the door. She's standing right in front of it right now. No, there the back wall. I know I know what you're saying. What I what I was looking at before when I was like, oh no, that's the door. That was the door. That is the door right there. That's where she's been standing. There's probably a window here. Nope, not that one. It's it's not that one. I know what you're talking about. It's not that one. It's the one directly to the right. Right there where you see, that's the one I'm talking about. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, go back. You were just on it. You were just on it. <laughs> no, go go back 10 seconds. Just go back 10 seconds. Oh, never mind. Okay, I can't. we can't keep arguing about this. Yeah. I can't spend forever oh, finding we a, a, a magical door or window that you think exists. I don't know how you didn't just see it when you were... When you're there, it's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a picture of it for you and send oh it to my you. God. Anyway, we've been at this for like two hours. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this, man. Like, I, do, I guess we're gonna keep watching it. Um, yeah, it I was. Mean, ki- I think it's good for us too. It it was kind of cool to see uh, that guy with the eye patch die. That was at least like kind of ballsy I guess like this and it was it was weird because the show has been so this season so far in particular 
there hasn't been a, like a ton of like gory violence and then I, that's like one of the most horrific things I've seen in the show do you know what I'm talking about oh yeah where yeah. the guy like he gets like impaled on the spike through his mouth how funny did you think uh did you find it that uh Roseman Pikes just um killed that fade with a uh a knife that was it yeah i was so confused was about what was going on right there because um, i'm like aren't they supposed to be pretty like that? amazing you know what i mean like at fighting yeah they're supposed to be super stuff. dangerous and she doesn't have her powers and, and it's like oh just knife um well they can't help themselves I'm I'm already looking at this room again. <laughs> I'm looking at the room too right now. Okay. All right, David. Is it in the previous episode? I'm not going back. If it's there, no, that's I'm, fine. I'm taking a picture of it. Oh my god. Just to, so I can send it to you so you can have it and you can pull it up. This is just the best one I can get right now. In a, Where are you putting it? I'm gonna send it to you in a Discord. I gotta save okay. it first because you know. Oh my gosh! Hurry up. I know, I know. All right, all right. Sometimes uh, mom and dad argue. Just continuing that no agenda tradition, right? All right, I just send it to you. In Discord. You mean the thing on top, like the, the little hole up there? Yeah, the window up there the where the light's clearly coming through. yeah. I I mentioned that at one point. Oh, I, I, I you you like call you said the yeah. you said the window at the door. Well, because it, it well I forgot that you're not we we didn't pull it up and so I think you were lagging behind me a little bit and so you were oh, going okay. yeah right there and I'm like that's a door. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm not on a <laughs> window is real. <laughs> I'm not on a. <laughs> we will fix that next week. We'll make sure that we're on the thing. Sorry, the whole premiere uh, thing threw me. Watch off. to gather. Yeah, watch together. Watch together. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, man. I don't know what else to say about this. Um, yeah. Oh, Rand goes on a side quest to get some wine in the third episode. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, so he can basically get told that there's nothing you could do to it, dude it's three it. it's, it's three episodes of setup and it's so boring like, that it, leads to nothing yeah it's that leads it, to nothing we we haven't like, there's nothing that if i like if i was a normal person who had watched season one and been like slightly interested these three episodes like yeah people have been like uh oh um Andor is so boring it's really hard to get through the first three episodes man this makes that look like the fastest paced like actiony Star Wars thing ever. Like this is so slow. Hello, and B I McBee. You, I think you are right that the acting just suffers in this. Like there's no one really that spectacular. I mean, I'm not trying to be insulting to the actors. It's just like you would think with the investment into this, like you were talking about with Game of Thrones, they would you, they would have gotten some uh, actors who were well experienced like Shakespearean like you were putting yeah. it especially for this time period seemingly time period yeah. but I think you know it's also what weighs this show down is that there are too many protagonists in it and like most of the locations look 
the same. And so there's not... And it's crazy. It was, that was one of our, the main complaints we had with The Witcher, right? Like, you could literally take this and put Geralt in it, and it looks exactly like The the Witcher does. I'll I'll give them slightly more credit. And they... Okay, because like I was telling you before, there's a lot of different um, clothing in this that clashes quite a bit. And I don't I don't think they did a very good job of like blending that stuff into the environments. Um, like Rand, you know, where he works, they go. It's almost like this old English up um, upper class area versus the sort of like Eastern uh, architecture and worldviews and things that you get. Um, and I think a lot of that's cool. And with a little bit of um, uh, care, you can make all of that stuff really work and have people from these different, you know, talk about like a diversity type thing. Like you can have these people from a bunch of different settings that have different beliefs. And they, you know, uh, you have this group of people that they dress this way and these guys dress this way and um, bring them all together into this world. Uh, and so I, it, Wheel of Time will get an eensy bit of credit because at least when you like see Rand go into this new area, you go, well, this is different from some of these other places where in Witcher, right. everything looks the same. Yeah. Uh, it all just looks like generic there's castle, generic uh, like city street. Um, there's nothing that's really defining a lot of the places that he's going unless it's like very, sometimes it's very specific to the episode. You know, like he might go to, the, to a mansion or into like an abandoned castle or whatever. But yeah, it's... Um, it's not as distinct for the areas as I think it definitely could have been with Witcher, but yeah, I I, I feel you on that. It's still it's still not great. I'm still sort of like unsure of uh, you know where the characters are in comparison to each other, that kind of thing. Yeah, I just think it's too much to send each of the protagonists on their own hero's journey, um, and then have them come back together. Like at least in yeah. the way. They've done it to where you again. They're trying to do this Game of Thrones narratives where you have these different protagonists and antagonists too, um, on, at different parts of the world, all going on their own journey and then converging and meeting in the middle. Uh, I just think there's a better way to do that, and it's a more it's a slower way and a, a more interesting way than like this. And maybe uh, yeah. and, and maybe you can't really do that, and you just focus on a few of them. You know that there's a reason why. Peter Jackson didn't include every single character in the book in the movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have your main cast. They do have to go in different directions, but you also have to just make it's like, yeah, it's, you made the point right there. You, you, they have to be interesting. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's I more don't, what it is. It's just not interesting. Like, and again, you brought it up last week. Game of Thrones couldn't even finish Game of Thrones appropriately, right? Uh, you know, so it's it's a hard, uh, seemingly seems like a hard narrative to uh, convey in an interesting way uh, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Um, I think we can close it out there. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to episode one forty nine of the Underground. We'll be back next week with more Wheel of Time and Ahsoka talk and I'm sure there will be quite a few other things that we will be discussing as well um, I might be seeing Equalizer 3 but I yeah, I, I, I asked a uh, friend of the show Justin about it and I haven't heard back so I need to go bug him a little bit more about it um, but until then y'all take it easy